Me and Alex did cuddle when we watched The Conjuring together. <laughs> <go. laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cuddling. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And this week it is Hocus Pocus. Yeah, that's that, right. That did sound like Bette Midler. <laughs> <laughs> very, very spooky edition of Films on Trial because this is the first in our Halloween Horror Month. Every episode in October, we are going to be reviewing a scary film. Uh, so I decided to spice it up a little this time around. Last time, I was all about the sound effects. I know you guys didn't like them towards the end. Don't worry, though. I've got some backups here, right? So I was thinking, what does every great scary film have? Uh, scream. Jump, jump scares no Austin come on you should know this uh, an organ no an oh, owl. Oh, ne- nearly the correct answer is a theremin <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh wow oh, suddenly I'm missing the scary yeah, sound yeah, yeah. there's a theremin <laughs> app yeah, that's right <laughs> Okay, right, if you've never heard this show before, you're probably thinking to yourself, why not? <laughs> but what we do is we take a scary film, well, not just a scary film, we take a film, we put it on trial, but there'll also be a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans, including a caption contest, a quiz, some spooky sound effects, an impression or two, and lots of banter, so please do stick around. Before we go on to the bulk of the show, the last film that we put on trial was 2001, A Space Odyssey. Alex defended it, I prosecuted it, Joel, you decided that it should be placed on the hit list in the end you've since gone away and watched that film did you make the right call i can't really say anything more than i said at the time to be honest with you um you know it's one of them i think it was the right call probably, probably. but i don't know <laughs> well, <laughs> decisive <laughs> very very decisive there joel okay well thank you very much for uh, nothing i suppose um so uh, <laughs> Before we get on to the bulk of the show, we're going to have a little bit of news. Hang on, guys. This is going to be a tricky one this week. Hang on. Whatever. I could just sit here watching you do that the whole day. <laughs> That's very difficult. Uh, okay, so, um, yeah, did anyone know what that was, by the way? Was it a pot of spell on you? Yeah, it was. Well done, thanks, Dave. <laughs> okay, uh, so what we do here is we all go around in a circle and we talk about the most newsworthy topics of the week. So, without further hesitation, Joel, your first up, pal. Your bit of news is... My bit of news is <laughs> about a certain Mr. Superman. Yeah, oh yeah, so uh, <laughs> Henry Cavill, uh, we heard a few little kind of rumblings before that he'd kind of thrown his hat in the, uh, he's thrown his name in the house, sorry, not thrown his hat, like ob job, <laughs> but it, he, he basically wanted to be the next James Bond and he's kind of odds on now to be the next James Bond, I don't know if it'll be confirmed, but we know for sure that Daniel Craig, this is his last outing. Uh, he's just started filming now, so it's going to be, you know, kind of a year, year and a half, I would say, till, till the next one comes out. But Henry Cavill as the next James Bond, for me, I don't like it. Why not? I just don't like him. I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Every time I've seen him in an interview, he's just not come across well. Maybe I'm just thinking of that one time when he was a bit of a biff. Oh, God, yeah. Um, but uh, It's been several times when he's been a bit of a biff, to be honest. Even, you know, like throwing your name into the hat for stuff isn't really something which... 
I, you know, massively like. So I don't know. I just, I'm not feeling it. And I think, uh, you know, Idris Elba would have been a really, a really kind of great choice as well. Um, or, you know, to have somebody of color play James Bond would have been a nice little move as well. But, um, you know, yeah, not impressed. I, I think he's quite a boring actor. I've never seen anything. Yeah, I liked Mission Impossible, the recent one. Yeah, but I actually was, didn't yeah. think he was very good in it. I didn't find. I don't, I don't feel much when I see him on screen. So I think he's just. If he was Bond, I, mean, I might be surprised. But I think it'd just be the the suave. I've got a good chin, and that's round about it. You know. Mm, I mean, I don't even think we've seen that. I mean, did anybody watch Man from Uncle? No, I don't know. Okay, so so I watched that, and that was a sort of like James Bond esque sixties spy type film, and you know it was it was all right, but he didn't set the world alight in that. I didn't walk away thinking like Bond material. That is, whereas I think Army Hammer would be a really good choice, and he was in that, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. I think Army Hammer would be much better. Yeah, I I can think of of many better actors. To be honest, I I, I read a rumor a while ago that Tom Hiddleston was in contention, and I mean. I would prefer him to Henry Cavill. I'd tell you that much right now, but... Yeah. John Hamm. John Hamm would be amazing. But John Hamm's older I don't than think Daniel would. Craig, isn't he? John Hamm. Yeah, yeah. I think so. He's John what? Hamm's a bit hammy. Daniel Craig. He's getting on him. <laughs> <laughs> but to be honest, Joel was saying before that you don't really throw your name out in uh, contention. You don't throw your hat about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> willy-nilly. Uh, but he did for Batman. And he to did. be honest, I think that would be all right. I mean, I'd, John I'd like, Hammer's Batman. Yeah, yeah. I'd like right. to see him as, as well as Bruce Wayne anyway. Hmm. I and, can see that. And Bond. We just like John Hamm. I I'd, I'd, I'd much prefer Idris Elba, to be honest, as, yeah. as James Bond. Yeah, I would. I think he did rule himself out, though. He uh, it hit a certain point when he just said, I uh, don't want to do it. I don't so. know. The other month he did put a, 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 I was gonna say a tweet up on he Instagram. He did put a little tweet, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, he did something on Instagram. The which is Elba, Idris yeah. Elba. Yeah. And everyone was like, <laughs> what does this mean? <laughs> but he's also said that he doesn't just want to get the role because everyone's like, oh, a black man should be Bond. He says, mm. I, I wanted to get it because I'm a good actor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he I is a great actor. And, and he is, it, Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's kind of marred it a bit for him now, you know. Maybe yeah. maybe he would have taken it otherwise, but that's true. We will see. Time will tell. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, moving on. Joel, chew again, pal. <laughs> this, isn't a, this isn't a very good segue. Why don't we just call this news with Joel for now? <laughs> um, so the the next bit of news, which uh, I've found out for everybody, is that um, <laughs> D- D- Disney wants to slow down production on the Star Wars movies. You know, I don't think this is real. <laughs> I don't just think this is uh, go away. this is really a big surprise, to be honest. Considering now the last ones I've done, especially uh, Solo and uh, the painful memory that is the, the Last Jedi, which somehow always comes up in this podcast. Hey, Joel, I mean, I, I don't know this. Did you not like the Last Jedi? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I think they are basically. Uh, you know, kind of facing a, a bit of a backlash from a, from a lot of fans in terms of uh, what they're doing to to what is a beloved franchise. So, so are they putting the halt on the the last of the trilogy? Well, well? I, th- I heard the the trilogy that Rian Johnson had been given has been cancelled, and also um, you know they were doing like these kind of yearly yeah. almost origin or prequel stories. They've all been canned as well. Um, I believe, obviously, they're still going ahead with episode nine, but I don't think there's anything planned after that. As so such. no Obi Wan. Well, of uh, well, I don't know anything in maybe kind of post production might be still or pre production. Sorry, might mm. might still be going ahead. But I, I'm not sure, and I don't think you like this, John. 
I'm not sure how much is left in the tank for Star Wars. I, I think every single film has to almost, you have to have the evil empire, you have to have this, you have to have that. And I think just they're sort of restricted a little bit by all of these things that they have to have in the film. A bit formulaic. A bit formulaic. To be honest, a little bit like Bond, to be honest. I'm not sure how much that has left in the tanks. It's just kind of like the gadgets, the girls. You sort of twist it, you reinvent it. But I think both franchises are sort of, just because they've been going for so long, maybe they do need to just... Well, it's just jigged my memory, actually. <laughs> I remember uh, a, a post within the last few days, Andy Serkis has, has cancelled his appearance at something like a Comic-Con, but it's led to speculation that he could be uh, being called back to to play Star Wars, and obviously he played, um, what's his name? Snoke. Snoke, Snoke yeah, which obviously uh, Rian Johnson killed off. So I really well, do hope that in Episode 9 he just goes, you know what, fuck everything that he just did there. Yeah, it was a bad dream. Like they wake up almost, and just like, yeah. it's a bad it's right like back that. where she sends in the lightsaber over to <laughs> yeah. him. I was, I was going to say that if Solo is told us anything, it's that a character in the Star Wars universe can survive after being cut in half. So yeah. maybe Snoke. <laughs> yeah. So um, so thank you very much for that. Finally, I just want to do a very, very quick piece of news here. Uh, so it's been rumoured that Jordan Peele has bought the rights or is trying to buy the rights for the Candyman franchise. And it's talks that he might be directing a new Candyman film. So, how do people feel about that? And they, you know, well, very excited to see what he does after Get Out. Mm-hmm. I hope he can. It's a lot of pressure now. I suppose when he first did Get Out, there wasn't as much pressure on him. I suppose it's that tricky second film when you've done a really amazing one. There's everyone's going to be waiting. There's quite a lot of yeah. anticipation on this hey, one. Let's not forget about Keanu, which was the film oh, yeah, about the, the cat. That, I think that was his first one. Yeah, but <laughs> the breakout, you know. Yeah, but I think well, his next one due for release is Us which is like a psychological horror. And, you know, not much has been revealed about that. So this is one of his future projects. He's also rumoured to be directing and presenting a new Twilight Zone series. So Mm -hmm. that should be good. Mm -hmm. But I was just wondering if you guys were to recast the role of Candyman, say, for example, that he doesn't go forward with Tony Todd in the lead, who would you think would make a good Candyman? I've never seen Candyman. No, what? I don't, I don't know why I'm asking you either, Austin. You... No, I've never seen either. I was just going to show you. You're going to get a good, I thought it like, yeah. a good popcorn seller oh, or something. Yeah. You, you definitely can't replace Gene Wilder in that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the only thing I was aware of, and I was a little worried, was that you were going to say Candyman again. And I thought, yeah. you can't <laughs> just, just cut him off before he says yeah. it a third time. <gasps> yeah. no, uh, no, so, <laughs> I'm not looking into a mirror, though, and it's all okay. good. I think you've got to say it five times yeah. as well, haven't you? <laughs> No, so um, I, I really like uh, Winston Duke, who played M'Baku in uh, Black Panther and Avengers Part 4. Mm-hmm. And I think he, he could be a good shout. He's quite a very strong, uh, big guy. Could be quite an intimidating figure. To be honest, uh, Idris Elba might fit as well. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I mean why not? Idris Elba, he's going to be playing the bad guy in the new Hobbs and Shaw film, isn't he? So yeah. maybe he'll get a taste for playing a bad guy and he'll want to Maybe The Rock can be the first one to get brutally decapitated. <laughs> I don't know what's Ernie Hudson up to these days. Would he like to be in Candyman? Oh, Ernie Hudson. <laughs> anyway, um, so thank you very much for that, guys. Okay, so Alex, it's time for your film feel. And um, because it's Halloween, I was thinking maybe we could spice up the sound effects I'd, I'd a love bit. you to. Okay. <laughs> I'd so really like to. I can't wait to hear what this jump sounds this like. This time for Alex's film feels. 
That's wow. much better. Can we keep wow. that? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I like that. Sounds a little like, like a toilet. I was oh. going to say it sounded like you the first thing in the morning. To be honest, anybody <laughs> stares you out of bed? You'd, you'd know. <laughs> uh, so famous film about witches. So what's the most iconic witch? What's the scariest witch? Who's your favourite witch in any film? I, I'll go first. Witch. For me, it's the Disney. 1937, uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Remember mm. the Queen turns into a witch at the end mm-hmm. when she gives the apple? There's oh, a moment okay. when she turns around to the screen and laughs in a deranged manner that still frightens me now. I'm not exaggerating. It genuinely still frightens really? me now. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think... Um... You know, I was going to pick a Disney witch, but since Alex stole it from me, then <laughs> then I won't. But I'm going to go with uh, The Blair Witch, actually. You know, I haven't seen too many horror films, and for a film that you don't actually see, like, the title character, I think that was almost, um, you know, maybe even more ner- unnerving, sorry, than actually seeing the, the little fucker, so... <laughs> <laughs> so- so, uh, so, 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 yeah, the, the Blair Witch, I think, for me, is uh, is very memorable and one that still haunts me today. Austin, have you seen a film with a witch in? Uh, yeah, I have, but I, I didn't, uh, I couldn't remember it until you said a Disney witch. But um, that Maleficent, oh, that's yeah. a good witch. And uh, the only other witch I could think of was uh, Sabrina, the teenage witch. <laughs> and they they made like, a film where she visited uh, Rome, didn't oh, she? It's amazing. <laughs> But, um, <laughs> Sabrina. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but she would be a good witch. Uh, she's uh, a good she's, witch. <laughs> I think that's the problem. She's too good, to be uh, honest. Uh, yeah. Was there a witch in Buffy? Uh, yeah. yeah. Willow. Yeah, oh, Willow. Willow the witch. She was the best witch. Yeah, but she they didn't make a film, Buffy. So, you know, come on, you're getting off topic now. Yeah. Yeah. They did. So, they did. She, did they? Willow just wasn't in it. Yeah. Well, they, that's <laughs> exactly what I meant. Uh, so, my, my witch is also a good witch as well. So, I recently saw. Uh, a Studio Ghibli film at the cinema um, Kiki's Delivery Service oh, yeah. and I absolutely loved it to be honest I thought it was brilliant and I thought it was just like oh, I, I, I just thought it was just a beautiful film and that's all about um, it's, it's all about a witch who when she comes to her 14th birthday there's this thing in, with, with witches where you need to go and live away from your house for a year so she does that and she establishes this delivery service where she uses her witch powers in her broom to go and deliver stuff for all the local people and it's, it's just a very beautiful film to be honest Awful witch. Yeah. What about Angelica Houston and the witches? Ooh, she yeah. was terrifying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good very one. good shout. Right. Well, thank you very much for that, Austin. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, moving on. Okay, so, as I said before, this is Films on Trial. We take a film and we put it on trial. Usually, they're all picked out of the hat at random. However, this is Halloween Horror Month. <laughs> and, um, okay, right. So, Austin basically is going first here. And he is picking his one of his favourite and most underrated horror films and he's put it on trial so he's going to be defending Hocus Pocus Austin why would you like to defend Hocus Pocus well because this film is you know it was massively slated when it came out and it's it's unfair really because it came out in July of 1993 when it's a Halloween film why would you do that (laughs) I mean it's just foolish and that's no fault of the film that's clearly you know production company so yeah. I'm upset about that to be perfect <laughs> you sound but, very very peeved yeah but I was six so it didn't really matter it was still scary so and it stopped me watching other horror films so that's why we're, that's why we're doing it job done yeah, yeah. right so uh, all of the other roles have been randomised and that means I am going to be playing the role of the prosecution I'm going to try and get this film condemned to the shit list that means our character witnesses are going to be Joel and Alex and they're going to be lending their genuine opinion about the film trying to throw a little bit of weight behind either side of the argument which means 
means that Dave has got the most important role this week. He's going to be playing the judge, and he's going to listen to both arguments and decide which list the film should be placed on, based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinion. So before we actually kick things off here, I think it's time to spin the old wheel of impressions. How about, rather than spinning the wheel, whoever picks the film does the impression? <laughs> well, I mean, the wheel has been spun, so... Yeah, and funnily enough, it's landed on Joel. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so basically what we do here is we give the listeners a bit of an idea as to what the film is about, and we ask one of us to read out the synopsis of the film in the style or accent of... What are we going to go for here, guys? I don't know. Bette Midler? I'm just going to do, I'm just going to do a, a witch. Are you going to, are you going to, uh... Bette, Bette Midler, please. <laughs> I, I, I would, but I can't. I physically can't. So, uh, so we'll just go that with... That's not the attitude that we like to have here, Films on Trial. A curious youngster. <laughs> oh, uh, I stand corrected. Much better. Carry on. Moves to Salem, where he must struggle to fit in before awakening a trio of diabolical witches that were executed in the 19th century. Oh, brilliant. Oh, mate. Brilliant. Oh, mate. That's, that's the best will of impression we've had for a while. Oh, man. Thank you. Uh, you don't even need to defend it, Ozzy. It's a hit. Well, that's, 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 you know, that's synonymous of, of a witch. Uh, that's come from this film. That's so, Dave, would you like to kick off proceedings, please? Yes, by all means. Uh, okay, so we got Hocus Pocus up here. Kids film, but could it be scary as well? You know, that's not all we're here for. Is it just a good film? That's all I want to know. So who would like to go first, defence or prosecution? Well, I'll go first. Not far away. This is a good film. This is not a scary film now that I am 31. <laughs> But it was a scary film when I was six. It was still a scary film when I was nine. Really? Yeah. I'm not a heartless bastard like you, you know. All right, me, all right. <laughs> I don't mean to get personal, but this is a this is a, t- a topic for me. You know, this is a this is a close film to my heart. And um, but essentially, you know, the film was slated back uh, in '93, and it's just it came out at the wrong time. Uh, it's in July, you know, high of the summer, a very hot summer, if I remember correctly. <laughs> and um you know why why would you release a halloween film in july so that's not its fault um but since then it's grown it's a massive cult following this is like synonymous with halloween there is not a halloween party goes by where somebody does not put uh hocus pocus on unless you come to a gav halloween party and then it could be basically just any hammer horror film goes i was on gonna say day. i don't think i've ever played yeah. uh, hocus pocus but it's not you know it's not up your street is it you know good films are just not the sort of thing you like to put on when when people come around to watch um, so uh <laughs> child friendly horror films to be honest <laughs> uh, and, and the, you know it's got it's got a great uh it's got a great cast it's got you know it's got that midler we've already joked about her it's got that guy from ncis you know he went on to become <laughs> oh, really yeah, popular yeah, that guy. uh sarah jessica parker's in it's probably her best role for me anyway you know this was the <laughs> <laughs> name two other roles <laughs> Um, Harry, Harry, I was going to say Carrie Fisher, but Carrie, Carrie Fisher from Sex and the City. Bradshaw. I wish I didn't know, but it's Bradshaw. And, uh, and it's got Peggy from King of the Hill. And, you know, everybody likes Peggy Hill from King of the Hill. She's the best character off King of the Hill as well. So, you know, you can't go wrong. This is an all-star ensemble cast. <laughs> <laughs> but in spite of that, it's still filled with, like, witty one-liners. There's loads of just great... Um, it's just filled with them. It's just, like bang a minute you know all the time there's loads of little bits so somebody will say 
Um, she wakes up, uh, and Bette Midler, and it's like, oh, what a good morning. And I hate it, that sort of thing. Well, I can't remember the actual words, but... Hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, she tells it way better. We, she's, she's been to acting school. She knows how to do these. I'm not a good storyteller, but that's, that's besides the point. Um, and, like, and the film is dated. It, like, it has dated, not brilliantly. It's not scary anymore. It's not, um, you know, the, it's a VHS thing, you know, and everywhere you try to look for it, it's not a good... Um, there's, there's no really very good copies of it, but that, that doesn't really matter. It's still funny. It's it's still a good film, you know. Think sort of like Breakfast Club sort of thing. That's a dated film, but it's still good. It's still funny. It's still um, it still works, particularly for students. You know, it's a people go back and you want to relive those little moments. It's a funny film, and it's uh, it's 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 lighthearted and it's easy to follow. You know, we we've done some really difficult uh, films on this podcast, and this one is not that. This is an easy story. It's meant for kids. It's scary for kids. You know, it's it's just a. It's very, it's very, um, it flows really well as a kid, you know, it's, you get into that mindset, they've done a really good fall out, you know, it's set in Salem, Massachusetts, and you know, why wouldn't you? That's a spooky place, everybody knows that Salem's a spooky place, kids think it's spooky already, you get, um, they've got, it's filled with all the stuff that you need for teenagers and young kids, you know, there's that guy, Thackeray Binks, who's now the one from uh, NCIS, and um, you know, and he was like a, a, a cute boy that all the girls, like, Loved, and then you've got the three sisters. You've got everything you need. All of the stereotypes are in there. You've got the, uh, you know, you've got Winifred. She's like the leader, sort of angry, uglyish one who's a bit of a bully. You've got uh, Sarah, you know, hot one, bit ditzy, bit stupid. But and then you've got Mary, you know, like the chubby, funny one. You've got everything you need from, you know, from three sisters in a yeah. film. It's perfect. <laughs> All, and, all and they the, are stereotypes. All the great females. <laughs> all the great female stereotypes covered there. All in one. All, all in the same film. You know, that's what we're getting at. This, is a, this film is, you know, it hasn't, it had everything. You're not just stuck at one female. You've got three of them. And they cover oh, all wow. bases. <laughs> three whole yeah. women. Yeah, and, they, and they're the main characters. And they, they, they hold it well. It's got loads of wholesome messages in there. You know, it's, uh, it's meant for kids, and that's the whole point. But, so some of the messages are really obvious, like, don't be a bully, because you'll end up uh, sort of, you know... I'm killed by witches. <laughs> well, yeah, put, put in a cage and forgotten about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then you know, like, the overarching message is that siblings can get along together, you know, at the end of it. They Even if you're witches? Good. Even if they're witches, you know, the siblings get on well, the, the um, uh, brother and sister get, get along at the end, and... Um, and essentially, you know, it's just a really good, really good feel-good film. It's um, it's a Halloween film that'll just make you. It's got all the spooky tropes, and it's um, <laughs> and it's fun. That's how I've got. It's a fun film. Okay, okay. <laughs> this is going to be uh, interesting. He's liking himself up already. I can see him. He's getting angry. <laughs> uh, I think he may have something to say about female stereotypes. <laughs> it's Gav. <laughs> to be honest, to, to be honest, Dossie, I, I, I don't, I don't think I, I, I got um, from your point there. Did you think that it was a fun film? Yeah, I thought it was. A oh, did you? Right? Okay, yeah. sorry, didn't say it enough. And was that yeah. guy from NCIS in it? He's in there. Yeah, he's, he's in a lot. He's a major character. I mean, uh, that's got to be. <laughs> Sorry, well, I've, no. I've got written here also he's fit apparently yeah, he's a good looking guy so I just want to say that this is probably the blandest pick for Halloween Horror Month that we've ever had and that includes Dave's choice of Sleepy Hollow last year <laughs> Oh, Benelvin Judge in the judges. <laughs> no, this is just such a vanilla film it's not as awful as some of the films that we've reviewed on here uh, but it is just so forgettable I mean I only what watched film, it what film is it not as awful as? Um, <laughs> we did Suicide Squad remember hit 
Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't it. <laughs> Behave yourself. <laughs> right. But this is just so forgettable. I only watched this last night and I've already forgotten most of it, to be honest. So a coven of witches try and steal the soul of a young girl and are foiled in their plan and trapped in a candle or something for 300 years. Fast forward to the go-go 90s and some dweeb, his sister and a girl that he's, he's, he's just met but who's willing to go to incredibly dangerous lengths to hang out with him, decide to reignite the candle even though they are explicitly instructed not to. The witches are released and they plan to steal as many souls on Halloween night as they can whilst our heroes try to stop them. There the premise go. is very, very simple. Exactly. That's perfect. And, however, the story <laughs> does not progress at all from that. Now, my main issue with this film is, what is it trying to be? It's, it's not scary enough to be a horror film, obviously, but it's not friendly enough to be a family film. The amount of times they talk about virgins in this film is ridiculous. This is a Disney film, I'll remind you. Sarah Jessica Parker constantly tries to bone anything that moves now it's i mean is it supposed to be a comedy film if so it's definitely not funny enough i mean there's one like recurring joke of sort of a fish out of water gag where the witches have been transported 300 years to 1993 but that just wears off very quickly it's like oh what is this a road what is this it's a bus what's that you know after a while it's just like okay we get it all right okay they're from 300 years ago perhaps if this was given to a more experienced director, then the tone would be more apparent. But Kenny Ortega really, really struggles here. I know that he has done a lot since, namely the High School Musical franchise, but it was very apparent that he didn't have a lot of experience at this point. The cast are, you know, as you said before, they're well-established actors, but they struggle they are, they to are stand now. out. Well, you know. They were not then. This was, this is, you know, they were prime and they were but, but people, building up. People knew who Bette Midler was, you know what I mean? It's like... Yeah, but- but and the thing she, is, is, is that... She's good in this film. Okay, really but even film. if this was their big break, right, they struggle to stand out because the direction is just bland and derivative. And the music for this film is wholly forgettable as well. The CGI at some points, uh, notably anything to do with potions and or the talking cat, is just very, very cringy. You mentioned Sabrina the Teenage yeah, yeah. Witch before. That was only a couple of years after this. And that was uh, like a, a mile apart from this. The but story is very... Sorry, go on, what are you going to say? This film set the scene for oh. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> Without this film, there would be no Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah. And the writer and director, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, saw how uh, not to do it. He saw this talking cat and thought... Shit! Fuck, you know what? This is I could do that a hell of a lot better. Uh, I'll be honest. I don't know which which side of prosecution or defence to put that point on. <laughs> there would be no Sabrina the teenage witch. <laughs> <laughs> Salem would have been mute. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart's career wouldn't even got off yeah. the ground. But listen, right, no, the, no, she had Clarissa explains no, it true, all. True. Come on. Yeah. Right, the story is very, very basic, and it takes up minimal screen time when you think about the the duration of the film. The rest of it is just complete filler, and the script is very unremarkable as well with little to no quotable lines as Ozzy just proved before with his oh I've just woken up have have you yes I have (laughs) I think this could have been filled with one-liners yeah yeah I'll list them for you in two seconds okay once you've googled it once you've been on to our mate guy Google Uh, listen I think this film actually could have been like one of the greatest Halloween orientated orientated films of all time in the hands of a more experienced director but Ortega the cast and the crew struggle to get this broomstick off the ground. Oh, nice. Nice touch. Nice yeah. touch. Yeah. Little, I, little flourish there. I did the miss end. out on the uh, Halloween pun. Sorry, I should have <laughs> included one of them. That would, 
Okay. That, that, that was a lot better flourish than last week's, like, a bee's glasses <laughs> getting rimmed near bees. Let's, let's not go back <laughs> to glasses or bees. But not as apt. Stuck with <laughs> Stuck with Okay, me. okay. So I've heard from Austin that, you know, I'm not really interested as to whether this film is scary. I accept that it is a kid's film and we're not in a position to really judge that. Um, he says any bad reviews were simply due to a mistiming uh, from the production team. He says it's got a great cast, uh, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, Kathy and Jimmy. I think it's Peggy from King of the Hill, by the way. Um, and they're all great. Uh, they say they've got some great one-liners. It's it's funny. And for a family film, for a kid's film, you want there to be some humour, uh, possibly humour for the kids, possibly humour for the parents as well. Um, he says... But one thing Ozzy did say is uh, it's a film you go back to. And I think from our generation, you know, we were about the right age when this came out. Is there a nostalgic element to it? Um, Gav has basically shot down everything Austin has said. <laughs> said the performances are terrible, the script is bland, it's not funny, it's not scary, it's not family-friendly enough, which would be a bit of a killing blow, to be honest with you. Uh, guys, tell me what you think. Uh, well, I, I have got fond memories of it. My sister used to love this film, and uh, you know we watched it yearly so i have got fond memories of of really enjoying the film as a child of that age uh but then in preparation for this there were a few things that gav touched on which are a little bit uncomfortable but maybe that was i don't know what did that touch that was uncomfortable joel well there, there are like a few Do you want him to leave the room before you tell us <laughs> there are there are a few scenes which are, are pretty uh you know uncomfortable especially as the main uh, kind of boy is um, let's say not of age yet and he is kind of hugging a pillow Gav would paraphrase that as dry humping a pillow but that's, um, that's part of the film though isn't it it's, it's part of growing up isn't it which of us in this room but hasn't the, done the, that there's, all, the there's, a, there's also this scene where he kind of cuddles um, the, the girl that he fancies and it's almost as if the film's saying you know you want the guy to get the girl type of thing but they aren't of, of like, you know, a decent age. But the, all that aside, which, you know, I, that's not something which you remember as a child. I do, like, have fond memories of it, is, and it is a fun film. And even though you said you're not bothered if it's scary, I think for a child there are some harrowing things in there, you know, especially at the start when, uh, is it a boy or a girl who gets yeah, abducted? Chair, yeah. um, and then there's a few other little bits of bobs as well, which are kind of, uh, you know, relatively scary, I think, for a child. Uh, what do you think, Brucey? I I quite like, I like this film. I think it's good nineties no- nostalgia. I would watch this film again. I'd pro- watch it fairly regularly. Not well, not regularly. <laughs> <laughs> not regularly. I'd bash this out in January, February. Not like a October. I bet you you were one of the only people who went to go and see it when it was released in June. <laughs> uh, no, I I, I just remember <laughs> enjoying it, and yeah, I would just watch it periodically. I could always imagine a time where I could. Oh yeah, I'll crack Hocus Pocus. I'll watch that again. Uh, you know, Gav saying it's bland and forgettable. You know, I, I actually think it all sort of works quite nicely together. The, the sort of it being friendly or it being horror. Sometimes as a kid, you do want to be scared, and it is. It does have those scary moments that you do want as a child. But it also has that friendly bit where you feel okay about it as well. Uh, I don't think the direction is. I don't remember. I don't think the direction is that bad. I don't think it's sort of film breakingly bad. The cast is good. Bette Midler is fantastic. She really hams it up. She does a great job at it. And you know, like the bad CGI cat. Yeah, the the CGI is dated. But again, that sort of just fits in with the nostalgia of watching it and enjoying it, and it sort of takes you back. And I think the script was pretty good as well. So a lot of what Gav said, I would kind of like. Okay, it kind of makes me like it a little bit. To be honest, to be, on- <laughs> to be honest, can I just ask ask, ask the judge? Um, can you ask Alex if he actually saw this film? 
Because bearing um, in mind he struggles to watch most of the films that we've reviewed recently on time. I, have you yeah. watched this film recently, Alex? Yes. You are under oath. Yes. It's only a short film, so it's easy to watch. It's for kids with low, low attention. Didn't it take spans. you about three hours? Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah, I had to watch it on your... 27 yeah, parts. Yeah. I mean, I'm, it, you know, it's not payday yet, so I wasn't going to spend £12 for a version of it from Amazon. But which, <laughs> which, if you want, I've linked it in the show notes and you can get it. Okay. We will get a cut of that if how, you want to spend £12. How you £12. choose to watch the film is yeah. of your own accord but um i would like to hear secondary arguments from you gentlemen's gab would you like to go first on this one yes i would i'd like to talk a little bit about the cast and characters now this film is supposedly a family friendly horror film all about witches and witchcraft so in my opinion you need some very capable actors to deliver some bold and even outlandish performances unfortunately this just doesn't happen there are numerous like restricted and forgettable performances littered throughout this film i do want to talk about bet midler alex touched upon it just before she does give a decent performance in part but she definitely needed reining in in some parts she completely overshadows everyone that she performs with which greatly affects the overall film especially the kids as well whenever she's in a film with any of the kids they pale in comparison causing those particular scenes to really suffer sarah jessica parkhaston mentioned before i'd completely forgotten she was in this to be honest probably due to com- the completely one-dimensional performance that she gives how, <laughs> how did you forget sarah jessica, pa- jessica parker in this film? i've just said because she was completely one-dimensional and forgettable did you not like did you not come back to watch this film you know several times as you were growing up no, 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 I mean, I, 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 unlike you, Austin. Gav was watching The Shining, but there's a lot of horror films to watch, mate. I didn't want to waste my time on this one. Uh, okay, so uh, yeah, uh, the, the other one, uh, who's the other one? Kathy uh, Najimi, is it? Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't help but think that they tried to get a bigger star for this role and they rushed for a bit of a last minute replacement similarly to Sarah Jessica Parker she just doesn't compare to Midler and her performance suffers massively because of this every time the three of them together Bette Midler really stands out the other two can pale they just pale in comparison to be honest now if, if you're going to write a script with larger than life antagonists you need to have protagonists who are at least a match for them or alternatively cast actors who can hold their own Unfortunately, Kenny Ortega, he's just done a very poor job when it comes to casting. Max, I mean, is this the guy that's from NCIS that you've got such a boy crush on? Yeah. Yeah, okay. He is just awful. He is plain awful. He's a very unlikable character to start off with. He's very selfish. He's sullen. He has very little time for his sister. He's a bit of a knob to her, to be honest. And he constantly bangs on about banging on. Um, Now, the the trick to making that character more appealing and having the audience root for them is to cast a charismatic actor. Think Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone, right? Unfortunately, Omri Katz was just not that guy. He wasn't even Macaulay Culkin in that Velvet Underground cover band where they just sing about pizza. (laughs) This guy was a complete wet sandwich and he wilted in every scene that he appeared in with the witches. It's no surprise that he didn't go on to appear in more things (laughs) other than apparently NCIS. Now, Thora Birch, you can tell that this was one of her first roles because she's very poor here. Her delivery, her reacting, it's all sub, 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 sub par. And I can let her off there because she was the youngest cast member here. However, Vanessa Vanessa Shaw is very unforgettable. She's monotonous to the point of sleep inducing. There's a scene in which she's providing Max with a backstory of the sisters. And I honestly thought she was reading their lines for the very first time. And they were being held at a very far distance. She's like, it's bound in skin and contains all her favorite spells. 
I mean, it's just a poor, poor line delivery. Like these, these kids should have been better, especially if you're going to put them against such an over-the-top, outlandish performance as Bet Midler's. Now, and the last one I wanted to talk about is the Cat Lads. I mean, I didn't even bother looking up his name to be honest, because he was so poor. It's just awful. It was so bad that they had to dub him with another actor, and the fact that the CGI was so terrible. It really was just quite jarring. Now, it may not be the actor's fault, to be honest. The script was very formulaic and the director was very, very inexperienced. It may be that a more experienced director would have been able to get better performance out of them and reined Midler in a little bit, allowing the others to flourish. But unfortunately, what we're left with is some frighteningly bad performances. I beg to differ. Okay, please do. I totally understand your point that, you know, Bette Midler, like, she steals the show. She's massive. She's, like, she's so good at this. But that's the role. She is the lead witch. She is in charge. That's the whole point of her position in there. So as a kid, you're watching this and you go, she is fucking scary. I don't want to deal with her. And the other two do whatever she says. And that's why they pale into significance. She's the lead sister. You know, she's the older sister. She's in charge. And as a kid, you, you get that. You know, if you've got brothers and sisters, you go, oh, yeah, I understand the role. I understand what's happening here. And she is scary. That's a scary position. And I, I get that she's way, you know, she, it's a little bit over the top when the kids are on there because the kids are not that good. They're not very experienced. But they still do their part. They're part you know, they're in it. And because they're not so good, you feel like they're inexperienced. You feel like they're scared. You feel like that, like a kid. You know, when you're watching it, you think, "Yeah, I could, I could be scared of that." I mean, you got to put yourself back into the position of who this film is for. And you know, Gav saying it's not for families, it's not for, but it totally is. You know, it's a film of kids who are, you know, young adolescents, and they'll get that. They understand that. You know, they get the pillow scene. They get the whole wanting to hug other girls. They get all of that. That kids understand that. They're not like. It's not clear cut. Do, You've got do to think they about really? That. Yeah, they totally do. Kids properly understand that. But because we're adults, it becomes uh, like a, a difficult thing for us to talk about and deal with because for us, you know, that, that is illegal. So it's, very, <laughs> <laughs> so it's hard to discuss it like in a grown-up fashion. Because, I'm, I'm writing all this down. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Like, and it's, good. It's, it's recorded on the podcast. So there's going to be no misquoting. But, you know, that's, so it's a difficult thing to, to get and to understand. And I think you know, it becomes awkward, you know, things like, like in Lolita or in um, Leon. You know, they're tough things to discuss in there, but... They deal with it really well and really in a grown-up fashion. And because Lolita Leon, Lucas, 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 films in the same pod. But you are not helping your defence at all just here. Like, just no like Kubrick slowly. <laughs> Tell me you got more. <laughs> yeah, of course I have. Yeah. So, but what I'm trying to get out there is that you know these these are subjects that can be dealt with in a in a in a in a fashion that, and and he's, Ortega goes for it in a playful way. This is he's. Can we move on this particular topic? <laughs> tell me about the score or something, man. Please. No, this is this is important point is that you brought it up as though it's a, a bad thing that like what is this for adults? Is this for kids? But it is. It's for kids. It's for young young teenagers. That's what they're watching. This they relate to it, and then they can go through. So they get with the characters. They understand the characters. They can be scared of the witches. Where do we go to with the other bits? You talked about the score and it being shit. That guy did a great job. 
like that's I've listened to just the score Ooh, on my yeah. drive in I don't know his name <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know I don't know anyone's name can you, can, can you sing a little bit of the score this, it's, it's, it's like incidental music it's music okay. that reads all the way through it so you're it's like a proper Disney score so if you listen to like like any of the like if you Nightmare Before Christmas you know that's an excellent score it's along those lines that's where they've taken you know um I can't have forgotten his name as well. Um, Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman, you know, he's a great composer. This is on the same uh, level as, as that. You know, it's uh, incidental music. You've got full orchestration all the way through the film. And, it, you know, it highlights the various... <laughs> you're laughing. I'm, take, I'm you're still thinking about my arguments. <laughs> you just don't take any of my arguments seriously here. This is a really funny I'm trying film to take them seriously. That, and, and it's been put together nicely. None of it's just, like, fallen together... By uh, by chance, you know, it, it's been pieced together cleverly, ready for kids. He knows the audience and he's placed it for that. And you can see from what he's gone on to do, he did High School Musical, another, you know, another whole sit- franchise of films dedicated to kids of that age. He understands how to, how to talk to people. He understands what these kids understand as well. And he's made a film that really resonates with people. And just at this, for this one, it was released a few months too early. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, l- Alex, do you don't want to talk about Kubrick? Oh. I think he's still recovering. To <laughs> I think, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, he just shook his head at me. No, he can't speak just yet. Um, Joel, I'd like to ask you, I, one of the things I'm trying to get my head around now is, is this a family film or not? Um, and what I want to know about is, is it a family film and is it funny? You know, it doesn't have to be, you say it is quite scary. Okay, that's that's a good point. But is is it funny? Is it entertaining? Um, it, it's definitely entertaining. I'm not sure it's like laugh out loud funny, um, but I'm not sure if it's completely meant to be. I think it's meant to be kind of like a light-hearted Halloween film. Uh, uh, spe- well, that's how I took it anyway. But yeah, it's uh, it it ticks those boxes. I would say. Okay, and Alex, you okay to talk I about? Can. I'm back. Performances. What do you think about the cast and the characters? I mean, both are in agreement that Bette Midler's good. Yeah. Uh, but Gav says she might be a little too good. She kind of like steals focus. I don't think she outshines. I think the three witches work well together. I think that's kind of the heart of the film, and that's why you'd watch it again. I think they sort of play off each other. I think they know Bette, Mil- Bette Midler's the, the best one. She's the main one. And I think the other two give her the time and the space to do it. So I actually think those three actors actresses work well together so I, I i like the performances i thought it was pretty good what about the kids performances are no, they as bad they're, as they're, they're not they're not bad they're just very kind of typical not very good child actors i, I wouldn't say it's not startlingly bad but yeah they're not good so it's just average it's very just... average right okay. especially for 90s and it's stuff. no lolita <laughs> <laughs> I, I i would also say just on on that part of the film it's that that is kind of very early nineties. It wouldn't it wouldn't be allowed now in any any shape or form. But well, that's more of the era, you think? Than I think so. Yeah. Anything we can hold against the film. But what about? Do you reckon kids these days, both of the character witnesses, do you reckon kids these days would be entertained by this? Mm. If you put Hocus Pocus down in front of them now, or is it a nostalgic element that our generation sat down and watched Hocus Pocus? That's why so many people love it. Would kids today get that same entertainment value from it? It's hard to say, but I think they would. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much, Joel. What do you think? 
No, I totally agree. I think it's a classic film, and I think if you watch it as a child, you will always come back to it, you know, as an adult. It's it's like those films you watch as a kid when, you know, it's Christmas, like National Lampoon, which is an absolute fucking classic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then you come back to it, you know, and... Uh, it's it's when you watch films like that that it, it kind of implants in you, and uh, you know you you want you want to watch them again. So you're saying, just like National Lampoon, this film should be placed on the shit list. <laughs> you wish, mate. <laughs> okay, I think I've heard a fair bit there, but I want to get closing arguments. Uh, which of you gentlemen would like to go first? Go on, I go first. I go first. So this film, right? It's not. It, it may not be scary now, but it's filled with um, like loads of great spooky references. Some things I didn't touch on. But, you know, we got the talking cat. It was talking cats before talking cats were cool. There's zombies in this film. Zombies before zombies were cool. Um, it's got something for everyone from a really good score, which we only briefly touched on because I was prompted, but it is really good. Um, it's a great makeup, and it's an easy follow, easy to follow story. And um, you know, it'll capture the imagination of its intended audience. And that's the point. It's for its intended audience. It's a cult classic that people revisit at Halloween for a reason. It is bags of fun. And it knows it. You know, everything's been put together in this deliberately to make a holiday banger. This will cast a spell on you. And I ain't lying. No. Nice. <laughs> There's that flourish. Well done, I was There's saying. that Gav-esque flourish. <laughs> I threw up my game there at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Left it all for that last line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gavin, I take it you disagree, and I want to hear a flourish at the end. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, a, a very bland and not so family-friendly horror which has a massive identity crisis. One memorable performance overshadows everything else in the film but still doesn't cover up the many faults including a weak script, poor dialogue, bad direction, dated special effects and one-dimensional characters with limited to no development. This is a classic case of viewing a film through rose-tinted glasses but when you go back and watch it years later it is a country mile away from being anywhere near as memorable as you thought it was. Talks of a sequel have been going on for the past 20 years and maybe the reason one has hasn't materialised is because they realised that they didn't even have enough material to complete the first film let alone a second one. I'm sorry but this film is a complete hocus pocus and just like the Sanderson sisters should be buried away for at least 300 years. However, in this case it should never be released. It was a flourish. Yeah, that was a flourish. That was a flourish. Ozzy's was better. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I had three flourishes. So Ozzy only had one. He had one good one. But, but what it's a better. flourish. That was nice, guys. That was very good. Thank you very much. Okay, I got quite a few notes here to work my way through. Uh, has anyone got anything to while away the time that aren't Halloween Certainly special effects? Got it. Take it away, Joel. Quiz here about witches, um, which is called Which Witches Witch. <laughs> I like that. Hey. Um, and... Uh, you, it's just a simple question and answer game. Some of them have got bonus points because I've heard a few people already give the answers uh, in in this podcast already. But we're going to start off with, in Marvel, what is Scarlet Witch's real name? Um, um, don't know. John. John. Uh, <laughs> Ian. Romanov or something? No, that's Romanov, 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 isn't Romanov. it? You're on kind of a similar... It's an Eastern European-esque name, isn't it? Okay. Is. Anybody? Sorry. No, the no. no, Wanda Maximo. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, another easy one here. So, oh. in Harry Potter, what is the name of Hermione Granger's cat? Crookshanks. Crookshanks. Dave, Dave gets the point there. <laughs> Crookshanks. Yeah. Isn't that what happened to Yoshi, <laughs> Yoshi. in this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, who played the Grand... Well, this one's got a, a bonus point attached to it, but who played the Grand High Witch in Road Dolls, the Witches? Oh, that was Angelica, Angelica Houston. Houston. Yeah. Angelica Houston. And which other creepy 
which like character has she also betrayed? Morticia. Morticia. Dave's Dave's got all the points there. So Mater Suspirium, the witch out of Suspiria that Austin showed everybody, is the mother of what? So David Argento's got a, a trilogy, and each film has got a witch who is the mother of something. Is it size? Darkness, tears, or fear? That sounds like Argento. Uh, fear? Yeah. Size. Darkness? Oh, Ozzy? Uh, the the, the other, one. other one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so everyone's gone for a different answer, and it, Alex is right, it's size. Okay. She's the mother of size. <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Ozzy, Ozzy's favourite film, where did the craft take place in which city? Salem. Um, it's not a city. Chicago. Boston. I was going to say Chicago. Mm. Boston is correct. Yeah! Massachusetts, Massachusetts again, no? It's the biggest place in America. That everybody here should know if you've watched the film. And this is where I'll call out the bullshitters, to be honest with you. It, in Hocus Pocus, what does it take for the witches to be resurrected? Wait, wait, wait. Alex will answer this one. A candle. What type there, of there's, candle? A, there's a certain criteria which has to be met for the witches to be resurrected. Come on, Alex. Did you, on, watch Alex this? you just watched this, didn't you? Uh, no. no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I lied. I lied. A, a virgin has to light it on Halloween or Hallow's Eve um, uh, and last to light, light the black candle. You're missing one tiny little uh, oh. detail. Virgin <laughs> underlined several times. <laughs> has to be a full moon, but the rest right. of it is correct. Um, so... The film that I'm talking about here is one of four Walt Disney Studio classics uh, to release in 2014 to gross over 500 million. The other three were Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain America 2, and Big Hero 6. So, which film am I speaking about? And remember the theme of the quiz. What are you on about? I didn't understand <laughs> the question. <laughs> so, this film that I'm speaking about is one of four Walt Disney films Maleficent. released in. Oh, yeah, that yeah, one. Bruce, you got it right. It's the Probably, probably the best way. Okay, to so in Into the Woods, what must they do to get the evil witch to lift her spell, or what has to happen? If Into the Woods taught me anything, it's like sing at her for half an hour or something. Yeah, close. <laughs> Any, close. Anybody? Shag her. Bruce is right. Bruce gets it. <laughs> you tried to be quiet when you said that. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. Uh, the correct answer is uh, to help her restore her beauty. Um, so these the last two questions in they've both got bonus points attached to them in The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe who plays the White Witch? Uh, Tilda Swinton Tilda Swinton okay and which other upcoming film which is a witchery film will she feature in? Uh, Suspiria Remake Suspiria Remake okay the, the last question Ursula has two minions we've had this many times before what are their names and what type of Eel, are they? The, the nose of Flotsam and Jetson. Flotsam and Jetson. And conger eels? It's the only other type of eel that I know. Idiot Dave. <laughs> Moray eels. Moray eels. So there you go. I think Dave wins that one. The rest of you uh, were pretty much embarrassing. So back to you, Dave. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Joel. Idiot Dave Renegam. <laughs> you don't know what happens next. You, you straight from your itinerary. That much. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Right. Thank you very much, Joel. Great quiz. Um, I've had a lot to think about here. I really have. I mean, I watched Focus Pocus when I was a kid. I haven't seen it for a while. I'll have to watch it again now. Um, 
I really liked it as a kid, but that's why I wanted to know, is it a nostalgic element that makes us watch it? Because I know a lot of people around our age who, who love this film. Is it nostalgia? Would this stand up today? And the character witnesses are with Ozzy that, yeah, you know what? It might actually stand up today. Now, Gav had some really good points. You know, he says the, uh, the, the kid performers aren't great. It's been a while since I watched it. I'll take his word for it. Ozzy doesn't really deny that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> didn't even try to, to be honest. <laughs> but um, you got performances from Bette Midler. Both agreed that Bette Midler is great. And if I remember rightly, Bette Midler is the star. She is top build. So kind of her scene stealing, it, it's not, is it scene stealing when you're the star or is it just kind of making your mark? I don't know. But the thing that has swung this for me is that, you know, with all Gav, what was he, he was saying about dated sound effects, poor characters, poor performance, poor direction, Ozzy drove the point home that this film is for kids and I don't think even today's generations would pick up on much of that stuff. They wouldn't care about direction. They wouldn't really care even about dated special effects. And I think... That just because Ozzy has drove the point home that this was a family film, it is for kids. You know what? We might be. be this, I think doing a kids film was a good idea, Austin. It's going on the hit list. Ozzy's <laughs> <laughs> uh, profusely swearing at me here. So, okay, this is my first win, by the way. Is it? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, Happy Ozzy. Halloween, man. Yeah, Happy Ozzy. Halloween. <laughs> Focus, focus. <laughs> well, well done, man. What, a win, what, a <laughs> what else have you done? <laughs> Incredibles 2, which was actually really good. Yeah. Yeah. I've done loads of really, really good films. I've lost them all. <laughs> so I was, I was going to have a go at the, the fact that I came upstairs before and as he was frantically writing down his arguments. And I was like, you're not making your arguments down yet. And he said, no, it's going to end up on the shoot list. <laughs> but, you know, considering it's your first win, mate, you know, I'm made up for you. So, so genuine opinions, Ozzy. I mean, well, you picked the film. I, I, I still really enjoyed it. Like, it's not, it's not a, 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 like a classically brilliant film. But it is fun. It's like I, I stand by everything I said. It's really fun. Yeah, it's a it's, it is a good thing. Uh, my genuine opinion, uh, yeah, I uh, pretty agree, uh, much agree with Austin. To be honest, I was <laughs> lying <laughs> for most of the film. Which that is it, a relief to me. Over <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. I did watch it uh, back again the other night, and I hadn't seen it for a while. I, I have seen it quite regularly as well, by the way. Uh, you know, although I don't put it on every Halloween, <laughs> I've seen it quite regularly. And um, yeah, no, I, I, as you said, it's just really enjoyable. It's just a kids' film that you can just whack on. You can switch up your mind off too. And I thought that everyone did a good job in it. To be honest, especially Bed Midler. So I apologise if I offended anybody especially the NCIS guy <laughs> um, so, I think he was the cat actually oh was he? I think so yeah. oh, right, don't, don't, don't take it back then um, okay so yeah before we close things off oh sorry I meant to say higher or lower than our previous film on trial which was 2001 <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm going to go with lower okay, I don't but, even right. need to do it with school I'm just going to say lower just to, tell you, just to tell you the 2001 was 8.3 out of 10 on IMDb yeah, wouldn't it be funny if it was higher? <laughs> I'm going to go with a strong 6.3, 6.2. I'm going to go last. Um, uh, seven on the mark. I'm going to go much, much lower. <laughs> okay, well, it I is... I should read it. it well, you'd be surprised. It is lower than uh, than 2001, shock, shock, horror. Um, but it's it's two... Uh, sorry, 2.4. <laughs> it's at 6.8. Oh, so, it? so it's not that bad, it's to be only, honest. It's pretty good. It's only 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, is he? Yeah. Really? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, nice. before we close things off, uh, I, it's time for a bit of a caption contest, to be honest. So what we do here is we take a screenshot of the film and we ask all of our friends and followers on Twitter to provide a caption with the best one, winning a frog-shaped chocolatey treat. Okay, so um, this time around, we've got a scene of all three sisters um, lunging towards the camera, all looking, I don't know. Um, uh, Dave, how would you describe that look? Um, I, I, that is indescribable to me. Okay. <laughs> uh, an indescribable look. So basically, I'm going to read off all of these uh, quotes and captions that we've got. You guys have just got to decide which one is the best. Number one, come on, Voldemort, we only want your nose. Uh, number two... <laughs> <laughs> number two i'll put a spell on you uh, okay yeah we've, that's a reoccurring theme the next one is i'll put a spell on you because you're mine and uh, next one is you've got something in your teeth no over over okay uh the next one is they were doing three for f- sorry they were doing three for two at the nail bar don't they look fabulous <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh god, good, good one here. Um, Theresa May announces shock cabinet reshuffle. <laughs> um, we are coming for you, GOP. Mm, mm. Don't know. Uh, don't know. The uh, Republican Party. Isn't it? Okay, all right. Okay. Um, n- next one: world's worst nail bar advert. <laughs> next one: a generation of divorced women is finding unexpected fulfilment in being single. Um, <laughs> I put a spell on you. Dot 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 to find them guilty. Uh, oh here's another one if you say virgin one more time (laughs) okay uh, she looks more like a witch in sex in the city Uh, girls please one at a time and frankly i've seen better nails sticking out of a two by four so this may take a while Uh, um, okay girls sexy cougar pose go uh, dost thou wantest a monage a trois with we witches three <laughs> just gonna take some editing guys and the last one is you guys are reviewing my movie if this doesn't make the hit list I will request a mistrial uh, this is not my caption by the way my caption is if you liked it then you should have put a ring on it <laughs> uh, who, who's that from? that's from uh, movie geek and proud oh sorry I thought it was like like Bette Midler or something. Or, <laughs> or Kenny, I'll take it. Bette Midler would have sworn it was a pretty sure. It's the cat lad from NCIS. Okay, guys. So which which one which one deserves the Freddo? I uh, I give it a fake Bette Midler, the one who had almost had us convinced it was yeah, Bette Midler. Yeah. With it. Okay, so well done to the guys at Movie Geek and Proud. You guys have just won yourselves a nice Freddo. <laughs> Okay, so before we call it a day, just want to give a shout out to one of our other uh, podcasting friends. Um, it's to uh, Dear Daniel Pods again. Oh, uh, so at Dear Daniel Pods, check them out on Twitter. They're really great and interactive. Um, yeah, just wanted to give them a shout out. Basically, they're very good. So they've, uh, they essentially take a film and they, it's like us. They, 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 yeah, they put it on trial. <laughs> yeah, but they will watch anything. So go onto their website, DearDaniel.com, and you can ask them to watch anything. The worst type of film that you can think off, Didn't you uh, suggest something recently? Yeah, I Did requested the that they go and watch Heart Condition, which is a Denzel Washington <laughs> film. Which... That, that's not fair. You have sadist, mate. Yeah, which is very, very bad. But just to say that they have a new Patreon page up and running as well. So um, it's, if you guys feel like donating, you can like, chip in a few quid. It's to go to producing like future content and such. But it's a very, very funny show. I would I've, highly recommend that you watch it. I've listened, or listened to, to it. it. It's good. And... Yeah, thank you very much, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so. 
um, why right. didn't you watch Hocus Pocus because <laughs> <laughs> he was listening to this show anyway so I uh, just want to say um, thank you very much everybody here we have decided which film is going to be put on trial next week so continuing our Halloween horror month trend it's going to be Dave's choice of interview with a vampire so Dave why would you like to defend interview with a vampire well I thought we could have a good debate about it to be honest with you I personally really like interview with a vampire I think it's quite a pretty film really well directed film but I know there's a lot of people out there that don't feel the same way so I really thought you guys could uh, sink your teeth into this one so many Halloween gags <laughs> <laughs> sorry I was waiting for this oh, yeah. I swear I told that so long on that uh, <laughs> it's still going 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 I'll just finish now anyway okay so we have pulled the rest of the balls out of the hat at random prosecuting the film again it's going to be me oh, <laughs> third wow. time on the bounce uh, character witnesses are going to be Joel and Austin and that means Judge it's going to be yourself Brucey don't worry so Dave. look forward to that one <laughs> don't look at me like that okay, okay. so just want to say thank you very much to everybody who has listened you can listen to all of our past content and our future content on any podcast platform or check us out on our website filmsontrial.co.uk why not check us out on twitter you can suggest a film for us to put on trial and once halloween or october has come to a close we will get back to reviewing them uh, why not while you're there check out our friends and collaborators Winston Sang and Austin Ray at the underscore quirks and at Aussie Ray respectively they are our graphic designer and music producer and also check us out on the other social medias Facebook Instagram and YouTube films on trial so it has been the first Halloween Horror Month episode here Hocus Pocus has ended up on the hit list we will be in your ears next week with Interview with a Vampire goodbye everyone oh come on Jesus Christ <laughs> Spooky. <laughs> Just play the end music.